You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Kane and Bucks. I thought he was brilliant over the last couple of days, bouncing through a few different plans, but just always felt like he was in control. I would absolutely love him to just play until 2027. Um, and I don't think there's yeah, much that's going to get in his way. So I already told him the day he retires, I'm definitely giving up the captaincy because it makes my life a hell of a lot easier. That was the Aussie captain, Pat Cummins, speaking about the performance from Nathan Lyon, who took 10 wickets and, as Bucks pointed out, was handy with the bat as well. The Aussies got it done by 172 runs. They lead the series 1-0, and to tell us about it, he's one of the best in the business, SEN's very own Adam Collins. Colo, thanks for your time. Great to be with you, gents. Look, you look at the pitch, and it's green. And if you had have said that Nathan Lyon would take ten wickets prior to the match, I would have been surprised. But he's pretty good in any conditions, collar. Yeah, that's right. I mean, the surface gave the impression it was going to be um, a, a, a pitch or a match that would be defined by the seamers. In the end, 10 wickets for Nathan Lyon, five for Glenn Phillips for New Zealand in the second innings, a couple of other wickets to part-time spin. It was totally deceptive. But yeah, you're right, Lyon. He's become the man for all seasons for Australia. You look at his numbers around the world, they're so consistent. And his last 20 test matches, he's taken 100 wickets at 22. So, you know, when we start thinking about, I heard your intro there about four years from now. Lyon's on the record saying he wants to go to England again. You know, that, that calf injury from Lords might be, uh, of course it was, a, it was galling at the time, but it might be in the long term in Australia's interest because it's keeping the fire burning for him. He wants to keep doing as he's doing. He's 181 wickets away from Shane Warne and if he <laughs> plays the whole way through until 2027, given the, uh, the number of test matches Australia play each year and he keeps going broadly the way he is at the moment, he may well overtake Shane Warne which, I mean, what a remarkable thing to say now, given where he's been at different points in his career, but the unconventional way that he made his way into the test side, his, his story is one of the greatest. The high, the high watermarks keep rising, don't they? Was he, uh, was he a little stiff not to get man of the match? Where would you have gone? <laughs> uh, we did ask him that after play down on the ground, but, you know, in Nathan's classic modest fashion, he was very happy for Cameron Green to win it as a senior player. But you're spot on. It's not often you take uh, 10 wickets in a match and top score, as he did in the second innings at number four as night watchman uh, and not end up taking home the trophy. But uh, it's a batter's game, Bucks, so uh, they tend to uh, win most of the awards. These, um, it's not often where I reckon you can sit back as a uh, and get such such quick feedback around a good management decision. Now, the the, uh, the powers that be 
um, in the Australian team. Yeah, asked Cameron Green to go and play a Sheffield Shield game. Um, scored a ton, mm. comes in, they roll him out, and then they get that innings. Like that would be tremendously rewarding, not just for Cameron Green, for for Andrew McDonald, for McDonald, and and the rest of the decision makers. I think it's a really good point. Look, white ball cricket and, and the congested schedule and three format players and, and a lot of these guys at the very peak of their powers do want to play across the three formats and that is perfectly fine. But um, that's where you need the judgment and the and the skill of selectors and management to make the calls that you're referring to there. The easy thing to do would go, well, there's a T20 World Cup around the corner. Mm. Australia are playing in New Zealand. Let's dump Cameron Green into that series and let the test cricket sort of take care of itself. Effectively, what they did last year with him, remember the India series he came um, straight into off white ball cricket and similarly uh, when he um, played in England during the Ashes that was off the back of no red ball cricket for months because he was playing in the IPL so this is an area where um, when it's international fair they have a little bit of control and I wouldn't be surprised if this is the blueprint going forward Australia play a test series in Sri Lanka probably late January early February next year a series in the Caribbean uh, next June of course the World Test Championship final if they make it I'd expect that having seen the success of Green this week having a bit of a run-up. Uh, they might be more careful about the way they deploy their assets, if you like, in the lead-up to series, especially away from home. So that's one question that's been answered, and that's green at four, Colo. But there's still some unanswered questions. I reckon, like, Steve Smith not convincing again. The big one is Labashane and, and also Alex Carey with the bat. Um, have you got any, any unanswered questions for the Aussies moving forward into what's going to be a fascinating summer? I think with Smith, it's a bit of a choose-your-own-adventure story. Like, if you want to refer to him carrying the bat at Brisbane in the second dig, you can do that. If you want to point to him putting on 61 and batting through a pretty tough period on morning one at Wellington, you can do that as well. Or mm. you can point to the second innings where he had a, well, as he said himself, a lack of concentration chopping on inside the first over, um, which you know, contributed to what Pat Cummins said at the press conference yesterday afternoon when he said they're not ruthless enough at the moment in the third innings of test matches when they're ahead of the game. And he's right. Like, setting New Zealand... 369 um, was below par from where they should have been, only uh, making 146 in their second innings and they should have and, and probably could have completely shut New Zealand out had they batted with a bit more uh, with a bit more um, uh, patience I suppose would be the word there so that's that Smith piece Labashane's run of form is um, is concerning but the water, the high ceiling for him I think we spoke about it before the test came his ceiling is so high remembering he was the number one ranked player in the world mm. for two years we've seen what he can do uh, when he gets on a roll the question is how long will it take him to find that form again um, I don't think there's any doubt that he has the ability to but that's where again where judgment comes into things I don't think there's any risk of him being dropped by the way more that um, they're going to have to just uh, go on the roller coaster with Labuschagne for the time being uh, they've got one more test match next week then they don't play one until late November against India so a long period of time where he can get things right he'll be playing for Glamorgan in the county championship as he does every year so he'll be hitting a lot of balls and I think they won't be too concerned about that as yet Carry on the other hand, how high is Kerry's ceiling? That's the question, isn't it? Mm. Is Kerry um, the kind of player who can be a match winner in the mould that we described with Smith and Labuschagne? That's not yet certain. He's played some great innings for Australia and he's obviously improved out of sight as a gloveman across his three summers in the Aussie, in the Aussie group, um, in the test team that is. He was playing white ball cricket before then, of course. But do we think that Alex Kerry's ceiling is higher than Josh Inglis's ceiling? I think that's an open question. Inglis making 100 in the shield this weekend doesn't hurt in terms of pushing 
establishing his own credentials. And we've seen that they have been happy to move on from Kerry in the 50-over format of the game and the 20-over format of the game where he's lost his spot in the pecking order in both of those teams. So I think of the three of them, uh, Kerry, look, that, they're, they're reluctant to change wicket keepers. We know that at test level. When they pick a keeper, they tend to stick with them. But, um, gee, he'd want some runs in the second test match. Mm, all right, before we let you go, where to next? We're going to Hag- Christchurch, Collo. Yes, it's a beautiful ground. I did the first ever test match there in 2016. It was when Brendan McCullum hit his 54-ball 100 to end his test career. Uh, it's a lovely spot in the middle of the park there. That was, it's a purpose-built cricket ground that they um, put together after the earthquake here in 2011. The old multi-purpose venue, Lancaster Park, was condemned and they had to um, uh, close the doors and ultimately demolish that. So it sounds this like is a an pretty an, new ground. It sounds like an anti-basin, um, Colo. Sorry. It, <laughs> Uh, it, no, this, this, is a, this, is, this is similar to the basin in terms of the grass banks. So what you saw on telly on the weekend, those gorgeous pictures from Wellington, it won't be old, like, the, you know, obviously mm. basin's been there for 150 years and, and so on. But, uh, you know, what you'll get at Hagley is a very pretty uh, ground to watch on the television. The pitch will look green, but ignore that, um, how pitches play in New Zealand, as we saw on the weekend uh, with it taking the spin and being a ragger. Um, you know, that, that is very different to how we thought it was going to play. And it's also the 50th anniversary of New Zealand's first test win over Australia, which was at Christchurch in 1974. So they're, they're inviting all of the players from the two competing teams who are still alive to come to Christchurch the night before the test match for, for a function, which will be an absolute beauty, including uh, our colleague Jeremy Coney, who, uh, who played in that series. So um, yeah, it's going to be a there, great week I in reckon. Christchurch and um, yeah, <laughs> hopefully another competitive test match. Good on you, mate. We'll be listening. Adam Collins there, SEN Cricket. Uh, the Aussies, pretty solid performance, getting it done comfortably in the first test against New Zealand. And you can hear all of the action live on SCN Cricket in the second text. The f- test, the 40 Winks Temper Text, 0433981116. Tell you about the Temper Pro. It's Temper's most adaptive mattress ever. And it's here, a mattress like no other. Sam Mitchell, Sam Edmonds, still to come this morning.